What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Goes to Bozak, onto the boards, and back to the point. It comes to Morgan Riley. Dished off on the far side for Bozak. Sandy Pascard! Scores! Tyler Bozak! Holy Mackinac! The Leafs have won it! Tyler Bozak deflects the shot past Holtby! Hey, Mike Medano! There's going to be at least six games! What a game, guys. I guess Mike Medena was right. These two home games are going to be something we enjoy. Um, but it's not going to be Caps in five. I'm, I hate to break it to him. It might be Leafs in five now by the looks of things, but that might be a bit presumptuous on my part. Either way, huge victory for the Leafs tonight. Third straight overtime game. Tyler Bozak was the hero. Um, a lot of guys played a key role in tonight's game. Joining me as always is Omar, Jake, Dave, the usual cast. Um, how are you guys doing after tonight's huge win? I didn't think I was going to have a voice to come onto the podcast. I mean, Lee, uh, Maple Leaf Square was, was rocking. It was freaking cold outside. So my one uh, recommendation if you're going down there is to lair up. Uh, it was unreal. Unreal tonight. Yeah, oh, for me, you... f- fuck the cold, Dave. Come on. <laughs> a buzzing. But buzzing, though. I think everybody in, you know, every Leafs fan agrees, you know, they're, they're, they're on cloud nine right now. I mean, to go – up two to one on a team that everybody that essentially destroyed us two weeks ago is I would have never seen it. You know, my prediction was that I thought right after that game, I thought they were going to sweep us, but the turnaround that's been made by so many players has been incredible. But tonight was, was just an awesome game for sure. Yeah. Another thing to add is just watching this game. You just see how this team just never quits. You go down to nothing and like a lot of the fans and stuff were panicking. The ACC was quiet, but then they just kept going. You know, even though they they can never get a call, and then Washington got all these penalties, but they just kept going, kept scoring goals, and got the win. It was honestly an amazing thing to see. Yeah, there's a lot of things to like with this team. I mean, man, coming back from three one down two goals, that's something we haven't seen a lot this season. We've seen a lot of teams do it to us, but now it's nice to see the Leafs do it to somebody else. Um, on tonight's podcast, you know, usually we get on here, we just kind of rip through a conversation and see where it goes. Uh, we're gonna take Coach Babcock's advice and have a little more, a little more structure on the podcast. Uh, see where that goes. So, we're gonna go through four things you guys need to know about the game if you missed it. Uh, Bab quotes, and then we're gonna go through tweets of the night for fans and a little more banter with us. Um, probably some more candid moments from a fan favorite, Jake Middleton. I'm sure that will happen <laughs> at some point. <laughs> so, guys, if anybody was to miss the game tonight, let's talk about four things you need to know. Dave, what's one thing somebody would need to know if they missed tonight's game? Uh, okay, the first being Martin Marinson, the way he played on the penalty kill tonight was unreal. Uh, he stayed out for a whole two minutes on the five on three, and he was huge on when they did did the too many men uh, penalty. He was very good tonight, and you don't say that a lot about Martin Marinson, but he, he earned his paycheck tonight. Omar, what's one thing that somebody's got to know if they missed the game? All right, so... If you saw the OT winner, obviously it was Tyler Bozak who scored it. However, that goal was not by chance, not by skill. It was prophecy. So That's a play. Well, get, that was a tip yeah. pass for sure. Oh, yeah. Except oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. However, okay, so goal scored on the power play, right? And it was a high stick by Lars Eller. Now, if you remember, Lars Eller was drafted 
first round pick in 2007 by San Jose. And they got that pick from a trade with the Toronto Maple Leafs. where they Vesa Toscala. Vesa Toscala, exactly. So if you have some beef a beef with uh, Toscala after a while, you should congratulate him because with that that high stick, at least get the power play and the win. <laughs> <laughs> That's the greatest thing I heard. <laughs> makes it makes it all worth it. Giving up the right for Logan Couture for one high stick. Hey, 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 hey. Win. Leafs are up two one. Enjoy it. Yeah, baby steps. <laughs> Jake, get to your point before you remind us of more bad times. No, I mean, you know, I was also outside of that. You know, got to watch Rickard, Ricard Raquel and Gibson, but we're past that. We're in a different time. Um, you know, for mine, it's got to be that five different goal scorers again. I mean, it's again for the Leafs. It's by committee. It's not just a one or two line team like, you know, a couple teams in the playoffs where you can just shut down one line and they're done. They are scoring. I think they've had nine different goal scorers of their 10 goals. And that's just insane balance. I mean, obviously, the big thing for me was getting that first line going and obviously Nylander and and Matthews had their first goals, which is huge for their confidence. I mean, did you see their goal celebrations? Those guys were fired up to get those to get those goals. Really big goals too. Matthews to get them in the game, or else it would have they probably would have gotten blown out if it wasn't for that. And obviously Nylander getting the the game tying goal. So you know, pretty pretty awesome to see. You know, that's being done as a committee, and and uh, it's it's really cool to see that. You know, not everybody, it's not just the first line or the second line. It's also, you know, the fourth line and the third line. And that's going to be really important moving forward and maybe even later on in the playoffs. Let's hope they go further. For me, it was all about that five-on-three Leafs kill in the second period. It was huge. If the Capitals scored, I mean, it would have went up 4-1, and that likely would have been the nail in the coffin. But the Leafs killed that off. Like Dave said earlier, Mark Merchant was a big part of that power, of the penalty kill. And uh, it really propelled the Leafs all the way until the third period. And when they got in the third period, they absolutely dominated the Capitals. It took the Capitals 13 minutes and 25 seconds just to register a shot. And in the period as a whole, the Leafs outshot attempted the Capitals 28-9. to So ever since that 5-on-3 penalty kill, it was nothing but domination by the Leafs. And we saw the end result. Better team deserved to win tonight, and they got the result with a 4-3-W. Guys, how I, Jake, you, you said on your point there, the Matthews line was amazing tonight. Um, were they the best line for the Leafs? Uh, honestly, as good as they were overall, I actually don't think so. I actually think that Kadri line was because he was the MVP of the game by far easily, not even a debate. It was Kadri. I mean, he was hitting everyone and everything that shift where was it the one that got the Matthews goal? I think it was where he just, he absolutely leveled Brooks or twice. That's a guy that probably outweighs him by about 40, 45 pounds. And he absolutely just destroyed him twice and it really just set the tempo and it got the crowd back into it and you know boom right after that the Leafs scored two goals I mean it wasn't a fluke you know you saw something coming and that was that that line was huge today and obviously they got you know the second goal or was it was it the second goal yeah Yeah. I think it was the second one Mm -hmm. off of Kadri's thrown in but that that line was really good but I'm not taking anything away from that Matthews line because they were dominant. And and if anybody ever says anything about William Nylander ever getting traded, tell them to go be a fan of someone else because they're an idiot. I mean, he is he might be one of the top three players in this whole series. I think he's like, the least best forward right now. Yeah, Easily. might be. I mean, just 
the way he holds the puck is, you know, it's special. It's something that you don't see often, and it might be, you know, one of the top five in the league in terms of holding on to the puck and making plays with it. And he's 19 or he's 20 years old. Well, to finish off on Kadri, um, Dave or Omar, this one's for either of you guys. I found it interesting how you look at tonight. Kadri and Bozak were kind of the heroes. The last time the Leafs were in the playoffs, they were really dependent upon to do so many things for this team. Whereas this season now, they're in a more of a supporting role, which you could say is better suited for them. But I just kind of find it funny the transition they've made in their career. Um, do you think this is like the ideal role for them where they can just sit back and, you know, kind of chip in whenever? Yeah, um, I think it speaks to what Jake was saying um, earlier on how, how uh, four different uh, players or players scored. I think now instead of being the fro- at the forefront, at the head of the team, now uh, Bozak and Kadri can kind of just like stay, stay behind and play their own game and, and be, be contributors and be you know, main triggers, triggers to the team when they need to be instead of uh, being looked upon to provide offense all the time. You know, uh, in the previous game, you have the, it was the fourth line that's buzzing, and now you have Kadri, Kadri and Bozak being the heroes. So I think it just speaks to the overall identity of this team. It's not just one or two players, even though, yes, you have Matthews, Nylander, Marner at the forefront, but every single line has a serious threat, and they can come at you at any any point in time. So it's great to see and great to have. Just seeing how both players have matured since the last time the Leafs were in the playoffs, like you look at the celebration on the ice after Bozak scored and just him having you know you see that little playful fighting with with Marner like you see the way that he's taken the younger guys under his wing and you see Kadri who is taking a more responsible role with the team which many would probably not have expected if you would ask him about four years ago if he would be able to do something like this so I think they just become a more mature group they know and part of it, I think, has to do with Babcock and Shanahan and the way that the culture has changed with this team. And I think tonight was a perfect example of that. And, yeah, it's just really – it's mind-boggling to think, like, only four years ago, the Leafs were down in the dumps after a terrible series – well, ending to a series against the Bruins with both those guys kind of – people were always questioning whether they should be around and – how they're miscast, especially Bozak as the number one center, and then Kadri of how he is not panned out. Well, I think he, they've pretty much silenced those doubters now. Yeah, yeah. For me, I mean, you know, those big parts of what you know we remember it was called the the rotten core because remember the core is rotten. But I mean, you know, I've never really been a, a massive Bozak fan, but just the season he's been able to put together. And in the playoffs has been nothing short of magnificent. I mean, from where I thought he was as a player, you know, I, did, I was full on uh, last year just like, hey, you know, if we can get a second round pick for him, I'll take it. At this point, you know, he looks like a guy that should be, a, that deserves another contract. I don't know how long, but he definitely deserves another opportunity to, to see if, you know, he can get to the, the promised land with this team because he's been incredible, not only this season, but in the playoffs too. I mean, it just looks he just looks faster to me and i don't know if it's it's you know the joyful exuberance that's around him and guys like marner but he looks like a completely different player than than not even uh last year's or the year before and it, it's awesome to see those guys getting their redemption so to speak before we get into bab quotes fun little new segment we're gonna do here um one of the guys obviously who's in control of this roster and where it, what it's gonna look like going forward is lou lamarillo Dave, did, I, I know we all saw his little celebration at the end, if you want to even call it that. 
He smiled. Does he nice. does he celebrate for anything? I know, like he He's... smiled. Does that count? Does tonight count as a celebration? I I think he only smiled because because uh, Shanahan was kind of like you know, doing doing a little celebration. Because if you actually watch Lou the whole time, his face is just stone cold, and then he doesn't smirk until he looks at Shanahan. So I actually think he wasn't even smiling at the fact they won. You know, just another day in the office. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and for 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 all for all the things with uh, people saying, hey, he's got to lighten up and stuff like that. But I think it's just been so good for the whole team. Because, you know, he's he's pretty much, you know, he's the number two in command behind Shanahan. And just that attitude of professionalism and, you know, they're not a joke anymore, you know. And it's because of that man. And you can you can see now why he's won uh, three Stanley Cups and been to what I think it was about five or six finals. And it's, it's just the guy is so professional and keeps everything the way it should be. And it's 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 honestly it's been awesome. I. You know, for all the people I know in New Jersey that were saying, you know, he was the reason the Devils were in this situation. You know, I mean, I think it goes to prove that he's definitely not over the hill. And he's a guy that I hope is here when, you know, the Leafs can eventually and hopefully win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, for me, I can summarize Lou in a really short way here with this tonight's uh, celebration, if you want to call it that. These two wins are nice, but there's 14 more to go. That's literally how I think Lou just envisions all of this. He'll celebrate when they get 16 wins. He Until reminds then, me, nice. him and Bob Babcock just they they just remind me of of the the greats in the sports right now, like Bab, uh, Belichick and Popovich, guys who are just never satisfied. And Nick Saban too. I yes, mean, sir. you know, as much as I hate Saban, the guy never smiles, <laughs> but he always wins. So um, the worst part is seeing him smile for about ten minutes after they win their <laughs> national championships. Him and Belichick too, but I mean, if you can e- even be considered in the same breath as those guys you know you're doing something right couldn't have said it better let's let's get into bab quotes here um each podcast we're going to try and pick a a quote from mike babcock because he's he's had so many great lines this postseason so far so we're going to pick a quote from him and uh we'll play the soundbite and then we'll give you our two cents about it so here's a quote from babcock before the playoffs started and it was all about um you know i won't spoil for you just have a listen well that's the whole key as you know so if you let them get going, then they're going and they're loose and driving. And But that pucker factor is an unbelievable thing. And until you've been the best seed, until you have your whole city expecting, you don't know what that's like and how good a defense that is for the underdog. It's unbelievable. Okay, so guys, is pucker luck a real factor here? I know Babcock was saying it's a, it's a beautiful thing, you know. Is it? I mean, is this a real factor for the Caps now? I had no clue what that meant when when I heard it the first time. <laughs> it's just one of those babs that one of those bab quotes that you just you just shake your head and you're like, what the heck did I just hear? But I, I, the Leafs have definitely benefited from from luck, and especially in the in this game. I mean, Shannon Kirk missing the wide open net, Kuznetsov hitting the crossbar. They had so many missed chances and. I mean, it could mean the difference between the Leafs being up 2-1 or being down 2-1. So I guess the Leafs have gone some uh, some pucker luck, if you want to say what that. What about Matthew's first goal going off of uh, Schmidt's face? Well, you got to be good to be lucky. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and not even host I mean, the fact that when he, gets, when he goes through uh, Carlson and Schmidt, Schmidt literally does a full 360, and when he's facing the right way, the puck's in the net. So I guess it just speaks to how, to how the how the Leafs are going, how how this uh, series is going as well. You got to be good to be lucky. You got to be lucky to be good. So 
I mean, that's the moral for me. But yeah, they they've definitely gotten some some bounces to go their way. But I mean, hey, it's not like they've just completely bottled their chances. I mean, look at look at the Caps. They've had a couple uh, lucky things, lucky breaks go their way. You know, that Anderson first goal was uh, the the overtime winner by Wilson wasn't a good goal. And there's some luck. I mean, you know, a bunch of different things going off of, of guys and stuff like that. Uh, so we've definitely had our fair share of, of bad puck luck. Let's not forget the last game against Pittsburgh where Gardner scored off his own shoe, off his own skate. So, you know, I think it, it kind of goes both ways, but Hey, I'll take the peak right now. Well, the main thing you were saying with the pucker luck is that the pressure gets cranked up immensely and he and... needs puck luck, right? I, I think so. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't have a good answer we, to give you. We need a BAP translator. Somebody's got. We got to find an expert on BAP quotes. Someone from Detroit that can be solve maybe Blashill. <laughs> Blashill, yeah. They're very similar when they talk. That's the funny part. It's like his clone. <laughs> well, with all the pressure being on Washington now, um, after the game, the Capitals Network had uh, how concerned are you? They had a poll. It was like relax, not worried overwhelmingly concerned and 97% were overwhelmingly concerned. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I mean, I, I was, I was there, uh, for game two. They're definitely concerned. I don't think they were, uh, during the beginning of the game, but after the game, I had people saying, you know, this, this is a really good team. And they're like, this kind of reminds me of the Pittsburgh series last year. And for me, I could not have said it better myself. I think they are basically mirroring what that series was against Pittsburgh and I, I was, you know, we were talking about this, Chris, in, in the group chat. Why are they pretty much catering to the Leafs style? It I have makes no idea. no sense mm-hmm. to me. They think they can run and gun with them, and they can't. Buddy, there's one play the Leafs continuously do this entire – well, the past game two and three, they've done it at will. They'll enter the zone off the wing, and you'll kind of see them dump it in the corner a little bit. And because the Caps D is so slow to get back there, they're just beating them to the puck with sheer foot speed every single time. Yep. And the Leafs just set up in the zone after and sling the puck around and get a shot on net. It's crazy how the Capitals don't adjust to that. I don't yeah, get why of... they don't just do the LA Kings and control the possession of the puck and just try and literally make the Leafs play defense. Like, the Leafs D is depleted. Make them play D. Yeah, uh, it, was actually, it actually looked like how they're, they're going to do that in the beginning of the uh, beginning of the game. Yeah, like they're like you know hacking and whacking at Zaitsev a little bit, and you kind of got that sense that it was working after the after the first goal where uh, Zaitsev and Gardner were on the ice for. But Leafs just kept on going uh, to speak to speak to the style. Like that's basically how the OT winner winner went. You know, Marner gets the puck in low, lifts up Niskanen stick, and that allows Bozak to get the puck, get it to Kadri, to Bozak, uh, to Riley on the point. Back to Kadri, shot tip in and get the win. So it's weird how it's weird how they're not how they're not adjusting at all. Like at the beginning of the series, everyone had you know Washington in five, Washington in four. Some people were joking around saying Washington in three, and now to sit here and, and see the Leafs up two one, it's it's amazing. It's sick. I think it, you're you slowly start to get a chance, get um the idea that maybe they can actually win this series. This reminds me a lot of when I used to watch when we watched Team Canada at the Olympics. And any time that they did not have the puck, they were right on whoever the opposing team was. They were right. Oh, on the, the, the puck. puck pressure like, by the Leafs has been, and the yeah. forechecking has just been insane. I mean, they're just throwing at the guys at the defenseman's feet. You know, Schmidt or Pick. You know, Shattenkirk is is a great offensive defenseman, but he's not anything to ride home about defensively. Yeah. And they're just punishing them. You know, whether it be you know Kadri hitting them whenever they can. 
and they're just getting at them and by putting at their feet and it's it's just killing them i don't know how how the Cavs can recover i mean i'm glad i'm not on barry trotz's coaching staff but you know it's it's something that the leafs have to continuously do if they want to if they want to close this out this guy's got to wake up man something i wanted to ask you too jake that i didn't get a chance to was the leafs power play in game one and two in game one, they only had one opportunity. But in game two, the first, I want to say, two power play chances they had, they looked awful. They couldn't set up. The puck was literally like they had a difficult time entering the zone. Now you see it's a much different power play. What's changed? Is it just they're more comfortable or is there something that's changed? I think it's just confidence and, and the fact that when you have pretty much, you're not getting any calls and you get one, you're basically thinking to yourself, you know, we have to score this. We got to we got to make them pay when you can. And it's kind of a little easier when you have, you know, time to set up and and have a couple kicks at the can because, you know, no power plays 100%. So, I mean, it's it's just you got to be realistic with yourself. And if you're given an opportunity, I think for me, if you can go one for four every game on the power play, you're going to win the game. And, I mean, obviously the big thing is goals on the power play. And the Leafs had one, right? Didn't they have one? Before tonight's game? Yeah, yeah. How many how many power play goals do they have tonight? I'm asking. Oh, tonight they had the one. Oh, yeah, they had the, they one, had the right? one. Yeah, yeah, the game winner. Exactly. So, I mean, it's something that you're gonna break through once in a while. This is a really, really good and really disciplined team. So, you know, I think just it's just sooner or later before their power play gets going, and especially with how they've they've uh, adjusted to the the caps, it's. It's not it's not something you want to see if you're you're a Capitals fan because they're getting more and more comfortable by the looks at it. I mean, because the Leafs were just from the second period on dismantled this team. Okay, one of the new segments we're going to include in the podcast too for each game night is uh, tweets of the night. So we're going to pick a couple tweets from fans across Twitter. You know, all the TML talk hashtag and uh, read them out on the air here. So the first one comes from at Echo five nine four. He says Eller classy. Smacking Martin in the face. Really brave. I guess he couldn't find anyone smaller to bully. <laughs> Martin, right? Martin? No, no, Marner. Oh, yeah, Marner, yeah. Marner. I thought you said Martin for a second. No, oh, sorry. Eller, oh, when he, yeah. Eller when he went after Marner. Or, uh, yeah, Eller went after Marner. I'm telling you guys, it's prophecy. Eller <laughs> smacks him in the face, takes the high stick, power play OT winner. I was looking if you connected those dots. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I, I wouldn't have even thought of that. Yeah. Uh, the second <laughs> the second one comes from Nathan Carr on air. If you're a Maple Leafs fan who smokes and has a beard, right now you've got to be feeling a huge missed opportunity. Hashtag dark guy. <laughs> hashtag TML talk. I mean, the ACC dark... was lit tonight, no pun intended. <laughs> dark guy is a legend. On Sunday morning, he had like 880 followers on Twitter, and now he has close to 10,000. Like, he's everywhere now. He was at the tailgate. He yeah. was on Overdrive um, today. Yeah, he was hilarious so- on Overdrive, too. <laughs> I, I tried to it's get him, crazy. I, I tried to get a selfie with him at the square, but, I mean, when you have three different uh, calls, well, he had, the game, he had to go to the game. He had an interview with James Duffy. He had Tim and Sid. Like, this guy was, a, like, the superstar of the night. He he got after it, let's just say. In, in Washington, he got after it, and... You know, it's just it's just really cool to see, you know, like the fan base kind of getting behind such a blue collar guy. I mean, he said he's he's just a guy that paints cars and lives in Sudbury. So, I mean, it, it's it's really cool that 
you know, the internet's basically allowed to make him famous and get him to games, and I, I love it personally. Yeah, it's great. He's from Sudbury. He lives in Waterloo, but same thing. Pretty yeah. close. I do. <laughs> I mean, I think it's hilarious. I love it. When I first saw him on TV, I'm like, this guy is gonna go viral because he's like, he's not the crime Michael Jordan face, but you can make him into so many things, and people are throwing him all over anything Capitals right now. I've seen somebody Photoshop on the Barry Trotz. I've seen him Photoshop on the logo. <laughs> I'm crying. I just see him everywhere. Um, all right, one final someone... tweet here. You were going to say, Omar? Oh, I think someone's actually a Photoshop the crying Jordan face over his face after Washington lost today. <laughs> the internet is undefeated, man. The internet is undefeated. <laughs> all right, the last tweet here comes from at George Mastoras. Nice job, Scott Oak, connecting on the jaw with that TJ Oshie question. Ad Hockey Night, slash, uh, hashtag TML Talk. Scott Oak needs to interview every every Capitals player in the intermission. I gotta literally... see this. I heard he was just shook. Well, oh. for those that don't know what happened, Scott Oak was interviewing TJ Oshie after the second intermission, and the Caps blew that big five on three power play. They couldn't score, so Scott Oak asked TJ Oshie. He goes, um, "You know, missed opportunity there. Were you guys trying to get too too uh, too perfect and try and score the perfect goal?" And TJ she goes, we're past that. We're not even thinking about that anymore. And you could tell he was rattled right after he asked that question. Yeah, maybe Scott Oak is just uh, secretly just planning uh, doubt in the minds of the Capitals players with every interview he does with them. First with Justin Williams after I think he scored the first. That was after the first period of the first game because we had the pump mm-hmm. the brakes quotes. And I mean, Justin Williams has been silent since then. So I think we, uh, I think Leafs fans owe Scott Oak some some props uh, with the way he's able to get into the Capitals' uh, minds. He should not pump the brakes. I'll tell you that right now. You gotta have the <laughs> All right, let's get back into talking about the game here in the Leafs. Uh, no more shitty jokes. You don't pay me um, enough to do sound effects, so sorry. We don't have a board. You know, we're just uh, four guys still. Jake wants a green screen over here for videos, so <laughs> we gotta get a budget. <laughs> we're, so we're gonna have to hi- we have to get, get like an intern just for a bleeper for Jake every time he's. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the whole us. podcast would just be one long beep. Like <laughs> there would be absolutely no audio. If if after a big loss, it for sure would. Never oh. mind a big loss, Jake. I think you kind of I don't want to say ate your words a bit here, but. Your buddy Zach Hyman's been playing really well these past two games. What's going on oh, with that? Oh god! The pa- yeah, the past two games. I mean, you know, I kind of saw the the drive train part. I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you? What'd you say? I-, I guess he's got a pretty good drive train. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he he. You know, he. It's it's kind of when you watch him on goals that that first line scores. You look at it and you're just like he didn't do anything. But you know, on that third goal by Nylander, you know. He pressured the puck carrier. Who won it? He obviously gave it to Matthews, who has actual skill and made an incredible pass between his legs. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is you just look at his, his stats and the fact that he has no hands, and I'll still say he's got he should not be playing in that line, but you know, he's just a guy that will give everything he has and will do anything because he pretty much he knows he's limited offensively. And, you know, I think the Caps are kind of keying off that, too. They're, they, um, I'm pretty sure it was the it was a two-on-one with him and Nylander, and they basically shaded the entire way to Nylander. So. Um, but, you know, he's just a guy that, you know, brings his lunch pail to with him to work, and 
and he gets after the defenseman every t- all the time, and he's definitely a guy that is an important piece on this team right now and moving forward for sure. And if you want to bring in the fancy stats, 75% Corsi 4. Pretty Whatever good. that means. <laughs> Possession. I feel I, like I, you read a script, Jake, from Babcock or something about uh, Hyman there. It's, that just doesn't sound like you. Yeah, I mean... It's base. It's basically, you know, I, I, lo- it's just ridiculous when he was asked a question and somebody brought up to him. He's just like, "Hey, Hyman was really good today." And he's just like, "What are you talking about? He's he's good every day." Good every. I'm, I'm glad somebody noticed. <laughs> yeah, glad somebody noticed. He's good every game. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like sometimes like, all right, come on, really, Babs, really? When he missed that wide open net against Pittsburgh, was he really great that game? But uh, I mean, I guess you just have to embrace him for what he is. Is is it obviously? offensively challenged uh forward but he's a guy that you know you're never gonna he's never gonna cheat you for effort and it's it's important to have those guys on your team because you know they they're obviously important to to winning championships okay so let's talk about where the series goes from here now um the good folks over at moneypuck.com they're dropping projections all the time so now the leafs have a 65 percent chance to win the series they have a 20 percent chance to win in seven a 23% chance to win in six, and a 22% chance to win in five. I know this is very presumptuous because they're up 2-1. There's a lot of hockey left to play, but do you guys feel like they got a pretty good shot now, or you still think Washington's going to take this? I think it's officially, for the first time, a coin flip. And I know they have a game lead, and you know, obviously the the stats won't say that they are even to, to win it, but this team... I, I'll say it now. I mean, I think the only team that could beat the Leafs in a seven-game series, the way they're playing right now, is Washington and, and Pittsburgh. And they would beat every other team in the league playing how how they are right now. And this team, they're so deep, too. I mean, you know, it's kind of kind of kind of nice for Cavs fans to see a guy like Kuznetsov scoring. Obviously, he had that stupid celebration. But getting him, Ovechkin, and Backstrom on the score sheet is obviously, I guess... I guess it's one of the positives you can draw if you're a Caps fan, but they're a really good team, and I think it's going to go seven games. But at this point, I don't know who's going to win. It's really it's been that close. I mean, look, they've gone to three straight overtime games. You can't get any more close than that. They could be up three zero right now. We could be up three zero right now. It's it's a complete toss up for me. Yeah, I think I think for a series like this, it's one of the it's one of the series where you can't really throw in the whole. Well, you know, if you uh, if you win game four, then you have a this percent chance. It's just like what Jake said. It's I think every game after this after this point is a coin flip, and it can go either way. Like you know, like Jake brought up again, every game has gone up has gone to overtime, and there's no telling that every game after this is going to go to overtime as well. But I think I think. The, the final result is going to come down to whether the Leafs can continue this play that they've been on. If they can play like this every single night, then they have an absolute chance to win. But if they falter or or, or lift their foot up the foot up the gas for either any game, then Washington can come up. They're rattled right now. You know the fans in K the fans in, are going crazy. You know all the press is asking questions. You know, uh, Torch's uh, Torch's eyebrows been twitching for the past three days straight. Like they're like it's a mess right now, and. The Leafs have an opportunity to continue to capitalize on that on that pressure that they have and win. So if they can continue to play, get the get the solid depth from all four lines, Anderson continues to play play well, 
then I think they can take this, take this, even even maybe game six. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going, I'm totally, completely doing a 180. I want to believe before, but I think after watching how the Leafs have played, I think they can do it. <clears throat> Two points for me here. One is if the Leafs want any chance of continuing the success, it's going to come down to Freddie Anderson, like you guys have mentioned. And I'm going to take a little page out of Omar's book here and bring up some past history because I just checked the score in the Chicago-Nashville game, which is now tied and going into overtime. And the guy who scored both goals for Washington, I mean, sorry, for, not for Washington, for Nashville. For Nashville's Forsberg, yeah. Philip Forsberg. I, and if <laughs> if Omar's whole prophecy works out, uh, E-Rat, yeah, E-Rat was it. traded for for Philly. <laughs> Jay, can you let me can you let me troll Caps fans just for one second here, because the Leafs are the ones that always get bit in the ass when it comes to former players. Imagine what the what Washington would be like if they had a guy like Philip Forsberg on their team. I I think they're missing a guy that, I mean, they have a great team, but there's they they're lacking. Something that can match what the Leafs are doing right now. <clears throat> Soft. <laughs> All right. We'll go with that one. Uh, no, I think the Leafs' intensity has really been a big thing here. And Washington just is not able to match it. Uh, so those two things are, are going to be important for the Leafs. And I, I, I can't say for sure whether they can continue it, but they've got a good shot. They have, they're, they're, like they said, they're having fun doing this. And usually, when you're having fun, you don't want the fun to end. So they're gonna they're gonna do their best to keep it going. For me, I'm with Jake. I mean, it's legitimately a coin flip now, and this isn't exactly groundbreaking analysis. But when you look at the goals that have been scored on both of these goalies, they've been good goals for the most part, like or goals that they don't really have a chance on. So I think between Holpe and Anderson, whatever goalie can just get hot and kind of carry one of their teams out, because defensively. They're both playing pretty similar. I mean, they each have had their breakdowns, but the first goalie to actually steal a game or two, that's going to be the difference in this series. And it's so cliche to say in the playoffs, but we're yet to really truly see a goalie steal a game in this series. Anderson's came close, but I don't think he's stolen a game. He's he's kept the Leafs in the game, but he hasn't stolen the game, if that makes sense. So I think the first goalie to do that will change this entire series. I think on that note, we're done, guys. I mean, awkward pause. <laughs> that's a pretty surefire sign that the podcast is done um, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this post game episode of the Toronto Maple Leafs podcast brought to you by Tip of the Tower as always you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or SoundCloud at Tip of the Tower you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tip of the Tower again you can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Kranitz you can follow Jake on Twitter at Jake Middleton 12 you can follow Dave on Twitter at D underscore Morisuti and you can follow Omar on Twitter at OLW93 Thanks for listening to the show, guys. Enjoy the Game 3 victory. Uh, we'll see you back here again Wednesday night. And hopefully we'll go up 3-1. Until then, take care. Oh, Morgan Riley going Mitch Barner. What's so 
special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.